You're dialed in to the Turn In Two podcast with your hosts, Matt Mills and Tito. Welcome back, Cardinal fans, to another episode of the Turn In Two podcast, the All Star Break Edition, Season Three, Episode Number Ten. Back with me as usual, Tito. And Tito, how uh, how how's everything going? You you ready for uh, the second half to start back up? Yeah, man. Um, it's always nice to to catch a little bit of the break at the All Star All Star game, and obviously. Uh, everybody's tuned into the home run derby. Hope everybody enjoyed it. I know I certainly did. I'm sure we'll talk about that here uh, in a minute. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm geared up. I'm, I'm focused. Um, it was about this time last year where I kind of was like, you know what? I, I still believe in the team. Um, I said it a couple weeks ago that I, I still do believe that this team will turn it around, and they they kind of showed some life at the at the end of the first half before uh, going out to the to the All Star break. Uh, but I'm ready. Let's get some baseball going. Uh, Friday can't come soon enough. Yeah, and um, you know, as per usual, the NL All Stars lose again to the American League All Stars. Uh, it's just a it's just a yearly thing at this point in time, you know. Um, and I guess the, it's a formality. Let's be uh, real. Well, the 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 National League was favored to win. Um, of course, it never happens. And I, you know, I still think that um, I still think that the National League had the better team. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. What? Um, let's just get right into the Cardinals, I guess, before we get into some other stuff, because I know there's something that we've been blowing each up uh, up over the past couple of days. For sure. um, what would you uh, grade the Cardinals' first half of the season? Whew. Oh man! Uh, if I'm being realistic, I would probably give them a B minus. I think that's a fair grade, considering you know the the depth of the division. Um, there are three really bad teams in the division. You've done pretty well against those three bad teams. And then you've played Milwaukee pretty evenly, uh, this, this season so far. So that's, that's obviously a good sign where the bad stuff is, is just, as you and I have noted many a time, um, is just outside of the division. Um, and the inability to really focus in and play the, the strong teams well, win series outside of your division. Um, I'm pretty sure we have a losing record against the AL East this year in interleague play, which um, had you told me that, that uh, I wouldn't have been surprised, I guess, but it would be like, hmm, that's something. Um, and that would have made me think that we were, you know, we would be pretty low in the standings or treading a lot more water. Um, so I, I think a B minus to a B is a very fair grade. Um, but I, but I would say if it's, if I had to pick one, I, I'm sticking with the B minus, it could be a lot better, but it could be a lot worse. Yeah, I have to, I'm going to have to agree there with that. I think a B minus, maybe a high C plus maybe um, I don't think they're necessarily, you know, uh, a, a C category, but maybe 
lower than a B minus. I, I don't know. I mean, you have to look at things in the aspect of they're six games over 500, um, only a half game out of first place. Um, and we're not far off, you know, and like you said, outside of, outside of our division, we are, you know, kind of struggling, which I think over the next coming weeks, coming weeks, the next 10 days, you right. know, um, things are going to hopefully turn out. I mean, we, it seems very late for the all-star break in the season, which I'm assuming is due to the, you know, delay in the start, but at the same time, you know, you're literally starting up in Friday, which is the 22nd. And then the all, and then the, you know, the uh, deadline is just a few days away after that. So it just kind of seems um, unreal kind of um, that that would be happening so quickly, but yeah, um, yeah I mean, there's a lot of positivity about the first half, you know, I mean, six games over 500, um, you know, you're seeing a lot of life out of Goldschmidt and out of Arenado. Um, you know, you're seeing three rookies that have come on and, um, you know, not been complete duds. True. Um, You've had a resurgent Tommy Edmond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and outside of, I mean, outside of like, you know, you have your Bader injury, you know, your O'Neill injury, um, you know, it, ha- it hasn't been terrible. It could be a lot worse. Yeah. And that's exactly what I said. I mean, if you, if you listen to St. Louis media right now, if you're in the St. Louis area, you're listening to one-on-one ESPN, they do a lot of, of, of talking about where this team is. And a lot of the conversation is that the Cardinals are a very good above average team. And if you're grading them at a B minus or even a solid B, that's pretty much above average, right? Great teams or really good teams, you'll get your A minus and your A, and then obviously a, a contender, as I call it, would be your A plus. So to, to call the Cardinals a B minus is not necessarily an insult to them. They're a better team than we both know, right? We, we truly believe they are the class of this division. And I think you and I would both agree that they're going to win this division, but they're not helping themselves out when they go and face teams outside of the division that they really should be winning games. I mean, if you go back to the the last series against the Dodgers before uh, the all-star break, you know, you should have won two of three of those two of three, possibly, (laughs) you know, sweeping them, but you should have won two of two of three of that uh, against the Dodgers. And instead you lose two of three, and instead of being a half game up in the uh, in the division, you still find yourself a half game out. So there's a lot of teetering and, and back and forth between this team that when they play the division, it's all hands on deck. And when they don't play the division, it's uh, we'll see who shows up today. And, and you and I know, we've said it again, that's not good enough. That's not going to be good enough at the end of the year. Uh, to win the division, it's certainly not going to be good enough when you go and face um, the best of the best in the National League in the playoffs either. And you can't, again, you can't expect to play this back and forth baseball um, in the playoffs and, and expect to win a championship. And I think that's where it's got a lot of Cardinal fans frustrated because they see the obvious signs of of struggling, um, mainly in the starting pitching and the bullpen. 
and it's we got to address it right now. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. We can't lose ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a that's a hard thing for a general manager and, and a pobo to do because, um, again, as I noted last week, you're not the only one that ha- you're not the only one uh, in this equation, right? The other team has to want to trade with you, and they're going to wait out as long as they can to get the best offer. So sometimes you, we just have to be patient. But in the meantime, you still have games to play. I mean, look, we've got. You know, the 22nd through the 31st to to win as many games as possible. And fortunately, you have six of those eight games be against really bad teams. Am I telling you right now the Cardinals are going to go six and two in that run? No, but they definitely should aim for that. Yeah, and I think, you know, hopefully this team gets gets some rest from this break and you know, they don't lose their strides that they were having uh, coming out of, uh, you know, winning those two against um, Cincinnati. But, yeah, they, they should have took two or three from Los Angeles. Um, that second game that we were both at was just, you know, whenever you look at a team up six runs, uh-huh. there's just no way in hell somebody should ever lose that you game. You shouldn't. You're Especially right. Especially so right. late in the game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There is no excuse it was one of the worst losses of the season and you hope that it doesn't come back to bite them because that's one of the games that you'll look at and say, we, we messed up there. We should have done better. Um, and they know that like, it, here's the thing when they lose like that, you know, it's, you know, they know that. And there's nothing that you can say that's going to change anything, but um, you, you just have to, you just have to be patient at times and say, you know what? It was a bad game. You got to flip the script. That's the beauty of baseball. That's why they play 162 or, or as many games. And and you have to come out the next day. And, and fortunately, you know, coming off that loss, you know, they yes, they they lose again, but then they can flip that script and then win, you know, against Cincinnati and um, and go into the break on a positive note. So, but I, I do want to ask you this. Um, I want you to give me. Two, two of the most, uh, two of the best positive or the most positive things from the first half, and then two of the most negative things from the first half, in your opinion. Um, positive things in the first half, I'm going to have to go with one, Miles Michaelis. Dude's been an absolute stud. Workhorse. Um, second positive, um, I'm, 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 I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to go – it's tough because I want to say two different things. But, I mean, I would say, you know, the versatility of of Edmund and Brendan Donovan, um, I think that, that the – what Brendan Donovan has showed us so far outside of being, you know, sick for those few days um, – it's kind of awesome because he wasn't that guy that everybody said, you know, this is the one that we're waiting on. And he just came up and taking control of things at the same time, you know, for them to transition Tommy Edmund mid season, hell first few games of the season um, over to shortstop and to see what he's done there has been fun as well. All while, you know, getting on base and, and making things happen. Um Yeah, and to touch on the Brendan Donovan thing, right? Um, 
hey, did you notice that when he wasn't in the lineup, they didn't do so hot? And then when he came back, it was like nothing had ever happened. Yeah, I mean, he just is a catalyst, man. That's what that's what good players do. Donnie baseball. Yeah, he's just he's there. He's there and he gets things done. And um, his versatility is awesome because it, it has him in the lineup damn near every day. And that's what this team needs uh, moving forward. Um, but I would say the negatives, man. I mean, I think one of the things I'm, I'm slightly disappointed with, I would say, is the consistency of the team overall. I mean, I know they face some tough pitching, but, um, you know, it seems like they can't get things going. And if they do, they it's just it's, it's hit or miss every night. Um, yeah. And I think one of the other things that kind of sticks out to me that is kind of, I don't know if it's alarming, but um, Gallegos is starting to scare me a little bit. It's like, what did I, what did I text you the other day? You text me a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's right. Okay. When Gallegos came into the game the other day, what did I text you? Um, that you were nervous. Yeah, I'm scared. And I said this, and I said this in a tweet probably a month ago. I said that Gallegos does not look the same. And I'm very, very nervous about him. Yeah. And when he comes into a game, I'm very nervous. He's either going to give up a home run or he's going to give up the lead or yeah. cannot hold a game. I'm very nervous about that. And it's, it's, I mean, you shouldn't be, we shouldn't be like that. It should be, you know, uh, I don't know. It's, it's given me prior season vibes to certain different pitchers that we've had on the team that kind of just, they throw good for a while and then they just expire out, you know, and it's just like, damn, you know, how do you fix this? You are our go-to. And now it's just like, man, it's questionable. Um, uh, but definitely honorable mention to uh, Ryan Helsley um, on the positive yeah. aspect of things. Yes. I mean, dude's been lights out and now he's on notice by the whole entire major league baseball fan base exposed in the, uh, the big dances, if you will. But um yeah, I, I somehow he he just I don't know how I didn't think about him, but um, yeah, he uh, he's been awesome. Um, if, without him, I think things have been would have been a lot different in some um, occasions. So yeah, definitely hats off to him as well. Yeah, and I'll I'm gonna start with my yeah I'll start with my positives and then I'll move on to my negatives. Um, my my first positive is going to be Paul Goldschmidt. Mm -hmm. Where would this team be without him, man? I, I, I really don't know. I, I really can't say enough about him um, and in the season that he's put together. I, I just think that he's on. He's definitely on course to win the National League MVP. Um, and as long as he keeps lighting it up and, and doing what he needs to do at the plate, plays solid defense, plays on a winning baseball team, I think it's almost a shoe in that he wins the NL MVP for the first time in his career. And it'll be the first time since Albert Pujols, I think in 2009 that we've had an MVP winner, yeah. which is, which is crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I just can't understate how much value Goldschmidt has brought to this team this year. Um, I mean, that month of that month of May, <laughs> was just unbelievable. 
Yeah, and he's um, I mean, I don't think I don't think he's gonna slow down either. I think what we saw in spring training, right, Paul Goldschmidt. And um I think that we're probably in for a good second half with him. Of course, every hitter's gonna have a few rough patches uh, throughout 162 games, but uh he's been he's been amazing and um can't say enough about him there. Yeah, and, and, and to think, right, you know, you you have backup in Arnado and certainly he had his month you know he was an old player of the month I think for April right um so he has his month and carries the offense then Goldie does it Goldie continues it in June and then he kind of slowed down so did Tommy Edmond and then Arnado picks it back up you know there's ebbs and flows to the season all, all year long so I'm not surprised that at some point Goldie slowed down just a little bit, but you honestly couldn't tell because he would come back the next day and just continue to rake. I mean, heck, look what he did in the all-star game. Gets one at bat and then takes a 98-mile-an-hour fastball and sends it into the bleachers, an absolute piss missile too. So, you know, he, he's just locked in. Yeah, And he said it at the beginning of the year too. I think, you know, Derek Gould had reported on it, um, but he was locked in and ready to, to play some of the best baseball of his career. And he's doing it right now. So that's, that's my, that's one of my positives. Um, my second positive is um, so far, so far, the team has not had a losing month. And the reason I say that that is a positive for me is because last year in June, that was the, I'm, I'm almost positive it was one of the first times they had had a losing month in, in many years. And that did them in, in the division. And they played some really, really tough teams this first half. And they saw some really, really, really good pitching. And even through all that, the team has managed to not lose a month yet. July is still, you know, on the, on the, on, uh, on the book here. So we need to see how they finish out the month, but they have not had a losing month yet. And I personally think that bodes well for the rest of this year, considering as many of people have mentioned that the Cardinals have the easiest strength of schedule, the rest of the way home. I mean, again, uh, these are the first eight games on the, on the return back three at three at Cincinnati you got the two at Toronto, which is not going to be easy, but beatable. You've beat them. You've already beat them once this year. You can do it again. And then three against Washington at Washington. And then following that, it's, it's the Cubs at home. So you have a really good, really good opportunity to finish out July on a winning note and then be geared up because then the Yankees come into town that first weekend in August. And that's going to be a true test. If there was a team that I think could come from the AL to represent in the world series, it mm -hmm. will be, it will be New York and they will give you your best uh, when they come into town. When, when's the Washington series? What date? Friday, July 29th through the 31st. <laughs> oh man. Yep. That's I don't know. I don't know, man. There could be, there could be some fireworks in more than one way. A locker room. I, I don't experience. know. We'll talk later. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We'll talk about that later. Easy, easy. So again, I think that the, the fact that the team has is in a position that they are 
And again, I think, you know, a couple of people have mentioned, I think Stu, friend of the show, um, has had mentioned it in a tweet is that this is the first time the Cardinals have had 50 wins or more since 2015. And in 2015, I believe they won 100 games, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think it bodes well for the Cardinals. I think it's, it's, again, you have to take the good and the bad, right? The bad, yes, they've had some really terrible losses in there. But overall, the consistency of play has been better than we probably want to acknowledge. So that's why I'm calling it a positive. Yeah. Okay. Here are my negatives, and you're going to be very surprised at one of them. But uh-oh, uh-oh. Okay. I, yes, I you know where I'm going, but I, I want to do it because I have to be real, right? I, you know me; I'm a very passionate fan. Mm-hmm. I, I like to be real about these things, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm not affected by it because I am. But I'll start with the first one. The negative is, I think. Ali has done a good job as the manager, but I still see shades of inexperience sprinkled throughout the season that end up costing the team wins when they don't need to happen. I'm not saying Ali Marmol is a, is a bad manager, and I'm not saying fire him. All I'm saying is, is get the guy some help with some managerial execution. Does he have a mentor that he can go to? I'm sure he does, but sometimes when he's managing these games, I get Mike Schilt vibes, and that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. I get the Mike Matheny vibes, and that's not a good thing. Heck, they were, you know, they in Kansas City, they bring in Mike Matheny as if he's some savior. And the first thing I said was, good luck. You're not winning anytime soon. I guarantee you that. So I'm not, again, I'm not saying that Marmol is a bad manager. He, the inexperience shows at times. And I'm hoping that he's taking those lessons along with him for this stretch run at the end of the year. Because come playoff time, you can't leave people in and expecting them to get out of a jam when they just don't have it. You can't do that. You know, one of the, one of the, I think one of the losses, like with G with uh Genesis Cabrera, right. He got upset because he got taken out of the game, but Genesis Cabrera hasn't been right. So good on Ollie Marmol for, for bringing him out and sure. Genesis Cabrera had, had his little fit. He apologized for it. You move on, but that's absolutely the right call. He didn't have it. And that's the recognition that Ali Marmol needs to have going into the playoffs. When somebody does not have it, you cannot be afraid to pull the trigger. That's just a simple matter of fact. Yeah. So I'm going to leave that one there. Now, here, here's, my, here's my last negative of the first half. And it pains me to say it, but it's just the truth, right? I think um, – the biggest disappointment I have right now with the first half, and I mean this with as much respect for this player as I have, and I know you know I have the utmost respect for this player. I am genuinely disappointed by Yadier Molina. And I'm not saying that I'm like 
upset with him. I'm upset at the situation. And I say that because this is a, this should have been a celebration of his last year, and it's felt very eh to me. It's felt very flat. It's felt very, I don't know, uninspiring. Yeah. It's felt as if, I don't want to say he doesn't care because I know he cares, but I feel like everybody else doesn't care except for a handful of people. It just feels that it feels as if we're watching somebody go off into the sunset and just tipping our cap and then turning our back and saying, okay, good luck. You know, this whole incident with him kicking the ball and in, in, in the basketball in Puerto Rico, um, he acknowledged he made a mistake, but everybody's chirping him because, oh, that knee looks fine. He should be here with the team. You know, had a guy saying, oh, we need to cut him. I think you may have sent that to me. But somebody said no, he needs to be off the team. I'm not going to watch him if he's not going to be with St. Louis. And this is costing the St. Louis Cardinals their dime and all this other stuff. And I, I, I totally understand. And it has it's been it's just been disappointing, though. Uh, and it stinks. Um, I, I feel for Yadier Molina because I'm sure he wouldn't have drawn it up this way. Um, I know he wouldn't have drawn it up this way, but at the end of the day, it's been a very disappointing season. Um, and what, for me, because I'm so invested in him, it's, it's, it's been shitty. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's been really shitty for me. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get that. I get that totally. Um, but I think, I think a lot of times, um, you know, in the grand aspect of players, you know, making it known that this is their final season. You know, I, I, I'll say even even at times I don't feel like Pools is getting, you know, what he deserves. Um, no, I, and I completely agree with that. One of the one of the greatest right handed hitters that we will probably ever see in our lifetime um, got a thousand dollar check from a t- from who the Phillies. Right. No, no the Braves. About- Braves. It's not about it's not about money, you know, but at the same time, I mean, it's just it's it's kind of silly. And, you know, the way that now I know they're different markets, but it's a, the way that they did Derek Jeter, um, how they made just a big complete, copy. Yeah, how they everything was just so blown up. But then it literally comes down to a player better than both of them. And he's just he's just there. It's just, um, you know here's your stuff and go. And, you know, as players, I'm sure they don't want all the attention. And that's why sometimes I feel that Adam Wainwright will retire after this year. He just doesn't want everything, you know, watching him for that fact. But I mean, he's still, he's still going out there and doing good. So it may not be his last year, but. um... Yeah. I, I, it's just been, it's just been fairly disappointing. I, I, I expected a little bit more, um, hype around it um i expected a little bit and you know they 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 do have a patch coming out very soon you know commemorating his last season Mm -hmm. the cardinals and that's going to be cool i i just i hope he when he comes back um it's it's the yadier molina that we're used to because if it's if he's not social media is just going to light the 
light the shit on fire and it's going to be fucking unbearable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to sit there and just want to beat my head in even more than I already do. And it's just going to be unbearable. I, I hate to say it, but it's just the truth. Um, I just I just hope that when he comes back from his rehab assignment, um, that he's ready to go, ready to play. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that he plays a good majority of the games because he's going to need to be ready by the time the postseason starts. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it, it's just, it's just, it's tough to watch. It's really, it really is. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get into the, um, um, I, I the guess special the, stuff. the special stuff, do you want to go over the, uh, the questions that uh, yeah. were asked? Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to uh, Kelsey. Uh, she's also a friend of the show. Um, she she uh, does get to listen to us. So Kelsey, we appreciate you. Um, first question that she came up came with to us is, uh, where do we get five dollar beer at Bush Stadium? Um, would you like to answer that? You know, since you uh, asked I guess it's so up there. Time. I guess it's still up there in the Budweiser Terrace. I, I don't know. Bowtie bar, baby. I haven't been up there in years. Can we just talk about how asinine that chart was? Yeah, that was stupid. I mean, what the hell was that, dude? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I said, though, if you go to the St. Louis section, the most realistic thing on that was the parking, in my opinion. The closest to is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, probably. I, I pay. I pay on average ten to twenty bucks to park, depending on who the Cardinals are playing. Yeah, ten to twenty to park three blocks away from the stadium and walk my happy ass down to Bush, see my girl and leave. So yeah. that, I, I, that was just completely ridiculous, but Bowtie bar, I guess in by left field, the Bush Terrace or Bud Terrace, whatever you get your Bush lattes, mm, delicious uh, Bush lattes and, and some boot lights um, have at it. People sell the place out $5 beer. Enjoy Enjoy, Kelsey, when you're there. Um, next question that she had for us is, um, what slash who do you think the Cardinals need to add before the tra- trade deadline to win the division? And I know if you want to save this for a little later. Let's, let's just let's save that question till last, and then we'll just okay. transition. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I got to make sure. There are no other questions that were asked of us too. Okay. So then her last question was what milestone slash moment are you most looking forward to or hoping we get to see in the second half? Um, I mean, of course I want to see Yachty and Wayno break the, the, the battery mate battery, you know, record. Mm-hmm. Of course I want to see Albert hit 700. Won't Those was a couple of them. I mean, hell, I thought, you know, I had it, I had it down and ready that Goldie was going to hit me 300 the other night. And mm-hmm. uh, of course it you had a lot, you had a lot of people hitting home runs the other night and you clowned it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried to, I tried to, to yeah, put it into uh, existence and it didn't happen. Yeah, it did not. <laughs> the, the very opposite happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But if there was one of those, which one would you look forward to the most? I actually have one that, is gonna sound really super petty of me, but I'll save it to you, Don. Um, I I think if Albert can break seven hundred, I think I'd be excited. Um, I mean the thing is, is 
It's a lot of home runs. It's a lot of home runs. At the same time, though, Yachty and Wayno, you know, that record's never going to be touched ever again. That's just in this day and age, this stuff does, doesn't happen. Truth. You want to know my moment that I'm looking forward to the most? Gosh, yeah, I want to hear it. I've got two. I'm going to start out with Super Cheese. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to October 2nd. Okay. Last home last home game. Okay, Tito. Let's I told you it was super cheesy. I know it is. It is. I, I'm looking forward to that moment. I'll be there in person. I'm gonna cry. I know it. I'll you know what? If you're gonna go to that game, I guarantee you they're gonna put the Puerto Rican flag on there because I'm gonna have it in my hands. I'll be waving the hell out of it when Yadier Molina steps up to that podium and gives that goodbye. And I'm and I don't care what anybody has to say about it. Anyway, <laughs> here, here's my moment that I'm going to look forward to the most because I'm petty and I want everybody to understand where I'm coming from. I am looking forward to the moment the Cardinals clinch the division. Okay. I am looking forward to that moment. I'm not saying that is going to happen anytime soon. I'm not saying that it won't happen until the very last day of the year. But when that moment happens, I'm going to look at a lot of people on social media and say, where are you now? Where are you now? And I don't want to hear, well, I always believed in them. I knew that they could do it. I want people to fess up and say, I didn't believe in this team. They surprise me. Hope they do well. I want to know. Because I've been keeping tabs. You know I do it. Oh, yeah. You, you, you. Know I, you know I keep the receipts. I'm ready to roll. You love receipts. I love receipts. I love when people think that they know, but they don't. They, yeah. 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 But, but I digress. But that's my moment. I'm waiting for that division clinching moment. And you know what? If it doesn't happen, I'm a clown and I don't care. That's fine. Uh, I'm just I'm sticking to my guns here. All right. So let's hit it. Let's hit the nail on the head. Let's all right. The elephant in the room. The big elephant in the room. And this is a, you know, again, I, I'll repeat the question that Kelsey asked us. What slash who do you think the Cardinals need to add? before the trade deadline to win the division. Now, let's answer that question first and then address the biggest elephant in the room. Obviously, with the trade deadline coming up, let's ask. Let's answer her question first. So I'll give you the floor. What slash who do you think the Cardinals need, not want, need to win this division? Pitching. Honestly, yeah, we need pitching. I think our offense is fine. I think I think what uh, happens to the team is, you know, whenever you lose a gut punch like we did game two in the Dodgers series, it just doesn't it just doesn't roll over into the next game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think there's enough steam that if we want to would have won game two that we could have swept them. Um, you get amped up for those things. I know that, that the bodies are hurting right now. Arenado's a little, little hurt with his lower back. Goldschmidt dealt with it. Um, luckily, the team has the bench to uh, shuffle guys around to give days off. But I think, you know, pitching is the biggest thing right now for that bullpen. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe it's not even the pitching. Maybe it's the pitching usage. 
um, and and it's just not being used right. Um, but that's what I think we need. We need right now is get pitching. Um, whether it's keeping Zach Thompson up here full time to get shit done, um, or put I, I don't understand. I guess why they they focus a lot on putting Libertor in the rotation. Mm-hmm. But then they're okay with jockeying around Zach Thompson from the rotation to the bullpen. And quite frankly, I'm being honest here. You know, we I think we've seen better stuff and outings from Zach Thompson than we have Libby. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need pitching. That's what we need. Right. And and I'm not going to disagree with you. So again, Kelsey, thank you for the question. We do appreciate it. Um, it's nice to know we have fans out there, right? Right, Diggy. Yeah, oh, I love fans. Like if we could have if we could have millions of fans, that would be the best. Yeah, but we appreciate every one of them. So, so I'm going to reiterate exactly what you what you're saying here, right? Need it is about a need, not a want, not a wish. It is a need, mm-hmm. and that need is starting pitching. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We all know the big elephant in the room, and that's starting <laughs> pitching. <laughs> yes, yes. It's starting, pitching. starting pitching. It's starting pitching. Um, not that big elephant. I'm talking about the big elephant in the room is starting pitching. Because the fact of the matter is this, right? When you get to the playoffs, what do teams have that go on to win? What, what propelled what us to win the what 2011 World Series? What wins you games? Pitching. Pitching. You can't if, have enough. If we don't trade Rasmus in 2011, we don't win the World Series, and I hang I, my hat on that. I, I agree with you 100%. If, you don't, if they don't get the bullpen pieces they have in that trade, they don't win. Mm-hmm. Agreed. The same thing is going to happen here, right? Unless if the Cardinals don't trade for a starting pitcher, whoever that is, I'll leave that man a mystery right now. If they don't trade for starting pitching, that's that hill that was very steep to begin with is just as steep leaving after after the trade deadline. If you trade for starting pitching, that steep hill becomes a downhill slope because then it should flow flow free and easy for you. You've retooled your starting pitching. You've you've you know getting a starter allows Andre Palante to go back to the bullpen. And now you have some flexibility in your bullpen. And now you can bridge between seven, eight, and nine with various people and not the same people every single time. You can, well, give, Gio, like- you can give Gio Gallego some rest so that he's not going out there and blowing a lead every other day. Go ahead. I think that uh, you may see it too, but I feel like we've got two different bullpens. We've got the bullpen that we uh, send out whenever we're losing. We got this bullpen we send out whenever we're winning. But that's but that's what I'm saying. It's weird. It it is weird. But that's what I'm that that's exactly the that's exactly the point I'm getting to is when you go out and find good starting pitching and they can give you six innings, seven innings consistently, and not five, not four and two thirds, four and a third. If you can get a guy to go six innings, your bullpen options become immensely better. And it's not that you're going to use the same four guys every single time somebody goes to six innings. It's the fact that there's not a, there's a smaller window of opportunity for the other team. 
they don't have as many outs to play with at that point. Yeah. So you're, 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 you need to understand people obviously understand this, but the, the, the conceptual thought, right. Is the less outs, obviously the harder it is, it's going to score the harder it is to score. But when you have a bullpen that is, is, as firmly entrenched as the Cardinals is, if you move for starting pitching and push guys that are toying in the starting rotation, like Hicks and Palante, they have dedicated roles in that bullpen and they can be used in certain situations. That bullpen goes from pretty good to really good to really scary. Yeah. In a, in a matter of moments. Yeah. So, so, so starting pitching is, is the obvious need here. Now where that comes from, I, I don't know. I think you and I are both, of the agreement and you can correct me if I'm wrong. We have zero clue where that's coming from. There is not, there's not a single thing of, of evidence outside of them, you know, Derek Gould saying, Hey, their focus is starting pitching, but I have not seen a name outside of Patrick Corbin <laughs> or Madison Bumgarner or Frankie Montes. Mm-hmm. So there, there are a lot of options. I think Paul Blackburn, who we saw in the all-star game, he looked pretty good. Um, we saw that and we see those, those names being tossed around, but it's like, what else? Is there anything else? This is not like last year where you had a Max Scherzer, you know, on the trade market and said, okay, if you're going to go for it, this is your opportunity. That's not there this year. You've yeah. got some really good, you have some other good pitchers, but there's not a single ace out there that's going to totally transform your starting rotation. No, there's not. Not, At least that we, I mean, there is, we're not going to touch them, but I mean, I would love to have Luis Castillo on my team, but that's not going to happen because divisional trades just aren't a thing anymore. Not not to the Cardinals. Hell no. Not to the Cardinals. That, that would, I'm not saying that I wouldn't want him either because obviously he's, really lights out good i mean look what he did in the all-star game he looked good too uh it just that's that just doesn't seem like a, a trade that the cardinals would do i think he moves to the al in my opinion i don't think another nl team goes after him yeah maybe depends on depends on that team might might be the dodgers i wouldn't be surprised if the dodgers go out and get Luis castillo um, which I would completely hate, but it is what it is. So, no, that's again, understandable. Um, I mean, we, we again, we know it. It's starting pitching. Uh, they could probably use a bullpen piece. If the Orioles weren't fucking winning, I would have said Jorge Lopez like I did two months ago. Uh, oh, can't stand that. But I would have, I would love to see Jorge Lopez on this team. I, I think they could do it. Still, it's a that's a reliever that I would definitely be keeping tabs on, um, but because the Orioles continue to win, I, I there's a part of me that says that they're just going to stay pat and it might even expand a little bit and maybe buy, but not too much. So, so let me ask you one question before we jump into the big the big news. You mean um, starting pitching? Yeah, the big <laughs> elephant, the biggest elephant going oh, swirling around in Cardinals Lane right now. Do you think that the Mariners break the Cardinals' uh, seventeen gamer? I think they're thirteen or fourteen right now. Yes. Well, let me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Give me a second. Um, I need to see who they play first. I, I need to see who they play. 
because uh, that matters, in my opinion. Give me a second. That's a lot of wins. Good for them, though. I'm really happy. They, oh, it's against the Astros right away. <laughs> uh, that's, that's tough. That's a tough yeah. I don't think they break it. To, in order to beat it, they'd have to win out that series. Um, and I just don't see that happening. I don't, I don't see it happening. They are at home, so anything could be possible. But to, to beat the Astros, your division leader, no, I'm just going to say no. Flat out, no. They'll probably get to 15 if they win. I, I just don't see them beating 17. I don't. Yeah. Well, that's understandable. I, I, I respect them. I respect the hell out of them for, for what they've done though. I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's a lot of wins. That's a lot of wins. We, we are very aware of that. Okay. They, well, they didn't exactly play the toughest competition, but Hey, baseball is baseball, man. And yeah, and, no, that's fair. I mean, or they are, they are 17 and one in their last 18 games. Good <laughs> letting them hang. 17 and one in their last 18, and 17 and three in their last 20. You expand that out to 25 games. They're 22 and three in their last 25. Man, can you imagine if the Cardinals were 22 and three in their last 25? We we'd be singing a lot of praises, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I'd be I'd be sitting back and watching the praise, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know who's singing. Yeah, not me. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's 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 tackle it before we finish this up. Are we ready for it? Uh, yeah, we're ready. I was gonna say let's get ready to rumble, but it's getting late, and I don't want to feel like rumbling too much. So let's get ready to. So what do you what okay the the big thing and everybody knows because it's in everybody's ear right now the Cardinals are not it's not word from the Cardinals front office it's just rumors throughout that the Cardinals have the pieces and the the what what's needed to get a deal done potentially for one of the greatest young Player. ball players of our time right now and that's Juan Soto who Washington Nationals who um you know the the home run derby champion who Juan Soto. Wow. So Tito, before we construct deals, what is your percentage that the Cardinals, our team, the St. Louis Cardinals, land the outfielder formerly known as Juan Soto? I told you this yesterday, and I mean it with all sincerity. It's still at a meager ten to fifteen percent, because a lot of it is, a lot of it is probably conceptual and thought. Like, hey, let's talk about trading for him, and until there is a surefire sign that that's going to happen, or at least that the Cardinals are indeed talking to them. Like, I need to see the words. Cardinals talking to Nats about Juan Soto, then I will not move that percentage up. Mm-hmm. However, however, you and I are avid gamblers. You and I understand degenerates as if you will. Degenerates, yeah, to big time degenerates. So if you're a fellow degenerate out there, I salute you. You and I both know 
fishy shit happens on the odd lines a lot of the time. When something gets going and something starts to move in the odds of a certain team, that's pretty good sign that something's cooking. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying that this is the end-all, be-all here. But when I see Bovada having the Cardinals as the favorite to land him by a good amount over the next team, something stinks. And I'm not saying that it stinks bad, but something's smelling really, really good in, yeah. in, the, eye, in the eyes of the bookies. Yeah. Something, something is pushing that for whatever reason. We don't know if they're getting word of something. We don't know if it's to increase money speculation in order to, to win out for the bookies. But generally, when a team pushes like that, something's happening. So in my opinion, that's something that people need to look out for. If you're a degenerate, look out for the betting. And if you start to see the Cardinals creep towards even money with this news, take it. Take it. And while you're at it, throw money on the Cardinals to win the division. Absolutely. Because so, you'll find that in plus money too. Yep. What um what do you think? You can you can include Patrick Corbin because that's a name swirling around that the that the, yeah. the Nats yeah. are one to, to move in a deal for Soto. But um what's a Juan Soto deal to the Cardinals look like to you on both sides? Strictly for him or with Corbin? Either or you can pick okay. your poison. Okay. I, I, here's the thing. If you want to be fair, if you're the Cardinals, you want to get the fairest deal possible because Juan Soto alone is going to cost you, like I've been saying, the arm and the an arm and the arch in St. Louis uh, to get him. But if you're the Cardinals, you got you have to find a way to balance this out as best as you can. And in my opinion, that means you have to find a way to include Patrick Corbin in this deal. I, I just don't see any other way around it. What did we talk about before? What was the biggest elephant before we just got on this topic? Starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, is Patrick Corbin the answer to all your problems? No, but he is part of the solution. He is a starting pitcher that is a veteran that can give you innings. And when he's when he's right, he's really good. And if you notice last year, what you know, what kind of pitchers did we get in the in the trade deadline? What, what hand did they throw with? Lefty. Wow. Imagine mm-hmm. that the Cardinals are going back to that formula. Because I guarantee you, if you look at the numbers against left-handed pitching, the Brewers suck, the Cubs suck, the Reds definitely suck against left-handed pitching, and the Pirates are just, you know, they're the Pirates. They're not great, but they're not going to beat the Cardinals. And not only that, but there are not that many left-handed pitchers in the game And so facing a lefty is just not easy anymore. And you have to think that if Patrick Corbin comes to the Cardinals, you don't think he's going to be reinvigorated and say, Hey, you know what? I'm on a winning ball club. Maybe the, the air in the room is a little bit, uh, a little bit sweeter. Mm -hmm. It tastes tastes a little bit sweeter. Well, you know, I mean, it just, I don't know. Things can happen. I don't think it's necessarily, 
I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if you include Patrick Corbin, your prospect count's going to go down. And I yes. think a lot of concern, I think a lot of concern for Cardinal fans right now is losing some of our best, you know, that's Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if, again, a, a Juan Soto deal alone will cost you the farm, an arm, the arch. <laughs> Hell, it might even cost you the lettering on Bush Stadium. <laughs> it might be One, named Juan Soto Stadium after that. One Clydesdale, the the One, uh, yeah. the, uh, the the arch. A, a case um, of beer from the from uh, from Budweiser, even though they drink Miller out that way. The original Ted Drews. The original Ted Drews. <laughs> shit. The City Museum. While we're at it. <laughs> Um, here, but but it's realistic, right? I mean, again, it's going to cost you more for just the single piece than it is, and that's why the Cardinals would be wise. And I think that's their op, their opportunity is, look, we'll take Patrick Corbin off your hands because guess what? He's owed what twenty four and thirty something million dollars in the next mm-hmm. two years, mm-hmm. respectively. That's a lot of cake for a pitcher that has not been good mm-hmm. in the last two and a half seasons. Um, so the Cardinals, they're going to say, look, you want, you want us, we want to trade for those two guys. We know that's going to cost us some money and some prospects, but you have to be willing to eat some of that cash too. We're not going to be the only ones paying for, for Patrick Corbin's salary for the next two seasons. Um, cause it's just not going to work out for them. And in return, We'll give you a prospect. So this is what I personally think could happen, right? Jordan Walker is most likely, in my opinion, the centerpiece of this deal outside of Juan Soto, obviously. But for the Cardinals in return, he has to be the centerpiece in this deal. Mm -hmm. There's too much hype around him. There's the question of where would he play in St. Louis, even if he came up within the next two years, because mm-hmm. he's roadblocked by Nolan Arnato at third. He's roadblocked by Goldie at first base. He's not going to play the outfield because he's never played there before. And that does not mean he's going to be ready in two years to play the outfield. It's not that easy. So my personal opinion is Jordan Walker is the centerpiece in a return. and you are going to have to fork up two highly regarded pitching prospects. That's just the fact of the matter. Whether that's uh, Graceffo, uh, McGreevy, um, they've got some other prospects in there that they can throw in. Um, they're going to be asking for one of two of those pitchers and possibly another pitcher. Heck, you might even see if you can throw in um, an outfielder, a major league ready outfielder, or one of the outfielders that we have now. Uh, to sweeten that deal and, and lower that price. Yeah. Um, so that that's where I think is going to happen. Uh, if it, if this deal comes into play, right? This is all speculative, but my my centerpiece is Jordan Walker plus two pitchers, possibly a fourth player um, for Juan Soto, Cash, and Patrick Corbin. Yeah, I think that um, I read something the other day where the the Nationals wanted a major league player in the deal too. So I think you're going to have to move one of your current major leaguers um, and the likes of, you know, here's what I feel. Um, 
and I haven't looked at the Nats roster to go over it or anything, but I think that for the deal, this is I'm I'm just thinking this as I'm talking because it's not like a process this or anything, but I think you're gonna have to move one of your outfielders. I think that if you do take on the Pat the Patrick Corbin um contract, I think you might be able to slide them over Paul DeYoung um in a trade to kind of offset that money just a little bit because then that money's off the book. So it won't be that hard to take on that Patrick Corbin contract. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I don't know if, if, if uh, I'm trying to come to terms with, with letting loose of Jordan Walker. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly like for, for Juan Soto type, I'm, I'm okay with it because prospects are prospects. Um, I like the kid. He's only 19. He's still young. He smacks the ball around. With that being said, I love Mason Wynn. I love how Mason Wynn plays the game. Um, he is the shortstop of the future. There is no denying that. If you deny it now, you are mistaken. And the thing is, is if we if we do lose somebody like um, you know a Carlson, I, th- I think if you if you're sitting over Carlson in the deal, you have to lower your prospect just a little bit, maybe. Um, yeah. But at the same I, time, you know, I think. I think if you're taking on the Corbin contract and you're not get, getting rid of a Paul DeYoung contract in the war in the deal, then, you know, you may be looking at even less prospects than you think in place of not even having to get rid of um, a, a, uh, a, the top, top prospect. I mean, I think you could probably, I don't want to get rid of Burleson either, but I could see him being moved um, if you don't yeah. have to give up any major league talent. But at the same time, if you have a Carlson, you have a Bader, you have an O'Neill and a Soto in the mix, somebody's going to have to go somewhere, you know? Yes. Um, and you look in the trade aspect of, you know, who's got the most controlled years and that's going to be Carlson um, yep. at the same time. Uh, you know, what if next year, or whenever, you know, Bader leaves, you know, then you still have Burleson somewhere. That's why it's kind of um, – I'd have to draw it up and actually look at it, but I, I think if you take on a Patrick Corbin contract, you know, you may want to move Paul DeYoung because you still have – now, granted, you know, he's not – he hasn't played on a major league team, but you still have Delvin Perez down in AAA. Um, he's, his hitting is, is up and down. I think it's been pretty on the lower end in AAA – um, does play an excellent shortstop though. Um, but I don't know. I, I just don't know if right now with as much as I would like Juan Soto, I don't know if the Cardinals are going to end up doing that because in a couple of years, you know, you have, I mean, you've got time to, to trade prospects to get other people in, but you know, Luke and Baker's going to want to go somewhere if he's got, if he's blocked in the majors, you know, um, you just, I don't know. I, I probably should have thought about a lot of this before I started talking about it, but at the same time, you know, um, sell the farm if you have to for, for, for Juan Soto. I mean, you, you, if you get Juan Soto, you're telling the franchise, you're telling the fans, you're telling the guys on the team, your buenos, your yachts, your pool holes, you're all in and that yeah. you're going for the world series. Um, yes. So, I mean, obviously we'll know something in 11 days, um, but you know, it's, it's still fun to talk about. Yeah. And I'm going to actually put this poll up tomorrow. Uh, I've been a big fan of polls lately. I don't know. Um, I'm, I am going to put this up and, and it's going to be a simple question. If, if John Mosaic and the Cardinals trade for Juan Soto, would you think differently of John Mosaic? 
I don't think negative about him right now. I think he's very. No, no, no. I know you don't. I know you don't. I'm talking about the negative Nancy's out there that want to piss on John Mozell every single time. They wanted to kiss on his loafers after he got Arenado. Look at where we're at now. (laughs) Do I think, do I think, do I think that we need pitching? Absolutely. But I think the Cardinals are very calculated in how they do things. But like I said, you know, they wanted to smooch on on Mosellock's loafers as soon as he pulled Arenado over here. Now it's back to it. You know, sometimes as fans, we're unhappy all the time. Some people are always unhappy. Um, Yeah. And and here's the thing. For me, what stops me from – and I actually – I put this out, you know, the other day, right? I think it was yesterday. I I did run a poll yesterday because I wanted to know. I wanted to know what the confidence level for Cardinal fans out there uh, as it related to this, right? So the the poll was, as of right now, as of yesterday, confidence level that the team lands Soto at the deadline. And if you had a 0% confidence, I want to know why. Mm-hmm. Um, so 71% of people, this is 370 votes. So I, I'll give it credit. It's a pretty decent sample size, right? 71% said 25%, at least 25%. 17% said 50%. And 75%, you had 8%. And then 100%, 4% of votes went to that. So generally, more than half, almost three quarters of people that voted said 25%. And that's not including those that just said zero because they could. Yeah. And yeah. every time I went and saw zero, here, here's a good one. I'm not zero, but I chose 25% because it's actually closest to my number. I'm firmly sitting at 10%, so just like me. They have a solid number of uh, top 100 prospects that now could be attempting additions for Washington. I just don't think St. Louis is actually going to give that all up. And I agree 100% with that sentence. Mm -hmm. I I, I think it would be very, very reasonable. That's a very reasonable take. Yeah, no, I I get it fully. I don't think they, I, I don't think they do, but at the same time, like I said, I said this on Twitter earlier, you know, this is John Mosellock's MO when it comes to deals. He likes to get these guys when they got a couple years left so they can come over here, feel things out, and then sign them. You know, once he gets them primed and ready, the only one that didn't happen was Ozuna. Jason. And I think Ozuna was a well, Jason Hayward. Train I, would, I would say, well, Jason Hayward, you throw him into the mix too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we I don't I forget about him sometimes because he's pretty much irrelevant. But yeah, Ozuna, man, that was an absolute train wreck. And I hate talking about it because Sandy Alcantara's top three pitchers in the game right now. Look, the fact of the matter is, is when it came when it comes to that trade, you you pretty much like yes, all GMs have their bad ones, and that forever will be the bad one for John Mozilla. No way around it. Mm-hmm. You know, you some somebody might say, well, what about the Libertor, Randy Rosarena? I'm not counting that one because that just it, we haven't seen the full product of Libertor yet. We're getting tastes of it. It's mixed results right now. We'll see. But even Randy Rosarena hasn't been, you know, lights out over in, in Tampa Bay either. Yeah, he had that great postseason, but he really hasn't done that much since then. So I, I think when people think of John Mosellock and, and bad trades, this is the one that is the one, but at the same time, what has he done since that trade? Goldie 
Arnado. I don't see anybody saying anything else that went wrong. No, because I mean, quite frankly, the 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 big names in those. I mean, we fleeced Colorado, and I think, and I think that that anybody else is probably keeping a close eye on the Cardinals after that. But well, I think then, I, I, even after the Goldie trade, I think the people were saying, "Uh oh, we're in trouble." I mean, yeah. it's just a simple matter of the fact. I mean, here here's a good one: uh, Cigar Mike, friend of the show, zero percent because Mo. <laughs> um, I don't know if that means Mo, like, because I, he just doesn't think Mo can do it, or that Mo doesn't want to, or just because Mo, it, it it's Mo. Um. I think 0%. They won't give up that much for two and a half years. And we all know the DeWitts will not ante up for a $500 million contract. Nobody's talking about that contract. Uh, yes, it's it's right there, but the Cardinals are focused on the two and a half years they get of him for prospects. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. You get a proven commodity in Juan Soto because – okay – let me let me let me ask you this. Do you think there's really that much difference between 23 and, and 19? What do you mean? So in Soto, right? By the time Soto was 18, he was already in the major leagues. Yeah. This is and that's my point. For him, he has four or five years of experience in the major leagues that mm-hmm. Jordan Walker is still not going to get until he is 23. Yeah. So my point being is even you can think all you want about Jordan Walker. I'm sure the kid is great and I'm sure he will go on to have a good productive MLB career. But do you think he's going to be better than Juan Soto? Probably not. Probably not as not not as a hitter, not as a hitter. So that's why I think you can be okay with moving on from Jordan Walker as much as it will pain the organization to do so. The time is now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 if you get Juan Soto, this lineup turns into murderers row too, really quick. Ooh, I mean, and that's a good, and that's a good segment to talk about if it happens, like what, what's the order look like, right? Yeah. Is it, do you keep a, uh, Obviously, I think Tommy Edmond still retains that leadoff spot. But do you go Edmond, Soto, Goldie, Arenado as your one through four, and then back that up with O'Neill at five, Carlson at six, whoever your DH is at seven, mm-hmm. Yachty, and then your center fielder or whoever? I mean, that's a pretty deep lineup. I mean, that's not something to sneeze at. Yeah. And that, that's a lineup that'll win you the division. I know that. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of intrigue here. I, I guess one thing that I, I – where are you with your percent? I don't think we asked you that. Where are you with your percentage on on this? You texted me earlier today. I am I am very – I whenever it comes to, to trades yeah. and stuff, yes, I get very Ryan Scholl-esque about that. <laughs> you are very <laughs> – I get you very, become a, you become very Homer. That's for uh, sure. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. I would say you know with with how the odds look and all that, and you know some of the stuff that I've seen floating around, I'd say you know thirty percent. I think I took twenty five percent on your poll. So that's high. 
I, that's higher than I expected, at least from you. Well, because given, I think given the Cardinals, your history, given yeah, your well, the, the Cardinals can get it done. I mean, am I expecting it? Am I expecting it to get it done? No, not really. But I feel like there's hope there. I feel like there's a chance. I feel like it can get done. Um, and Juan Soto doesn't want to be on a losing team, and I know that's probably part of the reason why. If I'm going to suffer on a team, I want to make you know fifty five million a year. I don't want to make you know, 30 just to lose every year. You know, he doesn't want to go the trout route. He wants to win again. He's done it once. He wants to win again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, I think one thing that my boss and I talked about with, with Juan Soto and, and coming over, it's look, yes, he won with the nationals, but the winning culture on other teams, storied franchises, I mean, think about the conversation that he probably had with Pujols at the All-Star game. Oh, man. Could you imagine if Pujols is sitting there saying, like, come on, man. You know you know, you know know what you need to do. Tell, tell the front office to say, is St. Louis or nothing at all? <laughs> I mean, that's just the simple fact of the matter. And you know what? I think Pujols is, is, a, is a, such a professional that I don't think that that's exactly what they talked about. But – if you're Juan Soto and you look at the, the commanding presence that Pujols has and you go and see the videos of him in St. Louis and what he meant to the city for the 11 years that, he, that he's been, you know, he was the machine and then comes back and it's just an absolute glorified drool fest for fans like me. Mm-hmm. I mean, how could you not want that? Yeah. I mean, could That's you imagine? Uh, could you imagine? You know, it is this, you know, he is such a good and talented player that um, it would almost be like the second coming of Albert Pujols in, in a Cardinal uniform. And I, I personally don't think that's something the Cardinals should balk at. But at the end of the day, at some point, he's going to get paid a lot of money to play baseball. And we know how this Cardinals, the front office operates. It's not always it's not always about dollar value for them. It's about what I mean. Sorry, it's not always uh, it's not always sunshine and daisies when it comes to the the dollar value. It, yeah. it, it's so super interesting. I mean, when they, when this became a reality that that there is possible talks going on, boy, the wheels start turning fast, man. <laughs> oh man. Absolutely. So I, I mean, that's probably a good start at stopping point for for this time. Yeah. And I mean, next time we chat, you know, there may be much more smoke to yeah. it. Yeah. All I got to say is the last thing I'll say where there's smoke, there is fire. There is too much. The Cardinals are in too many people's names for this not to have some legs. I'm oh, just yeah, saying yeah. it like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm telling you, I know I, I tweeted out earlier, said, I, never mind. I don't believe we're out of it. I, I'm just saying it right now. Too much, too much smoke and fire going on right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah. If you guys want to subscribe to the Turn Into Podcast, iTunes, um, Spotify, Google Podcast, always follow us on Twitter, uh, Turn Into Podcast, or Tito's handle at Triveratops. Um, and until next time, how about them, baby? We're back. Do, do, do.